No one looks forward to having difficult conversations with their children. When kids have questions about serious matters, they usually ask when we least expect it and often at inconvenient times. But as parents, it's our privilege and responsibility to be the voice that speaks into the hearts and minds of our children, especially about important topics. Whether your children are toddlers or teens, and whether you live in America or somewhere on the other side of the world, this year in particular, moms everywhere have had so many opportunities to talk with their kids about difficult topics. Joining me again for today's conversation is my friend, Sarah Holmstrom, and a new friend to you, but a lifelong friend to me, my mom, Connie Burroughs. They both share a wealth of wisdom on this topic. Enjoy our conversation about having difficult conversations with your children. I know that you will be encouraged. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Well, today I am so excited for our conversation and for my friends who I have with me today. You are two of the best voices, I think, into children's lives that I get to see right now. And it's just wonderful to see. I have my mom, Connie, and I get to listen all the time to the way she speaks with children and different leadership positions that you're in and also to my own children. And then another friend, Sarah, and Sarah is our storyteller for our children at our church. And she just speaks so sensitively sensitively to them and to their hearts and just with such tenderness, but also with authority. And I think that children, children's hearts long for that. They mm-hmm. long to be spoken to by adults and for us to slow down and be a voice for them. And when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today, um, our topic of conversation is going to be having difficult, talking with kids about difficult topics. Mm-hmm. And that we have the privilege and the responsibility as parents of being the first voice into the hearts of our children, and we get to protect and direct Mm. their hearts and minds. And I just think you are both excellent resources for that, to be encouragements to moms. Sometimes certain topics can just feel like a lot. Mm. And you neither of you shy away from those. So thank you so much for being here. It'll be fun. Thank you. I so appreciate it. Uh, So goodness gracious, this season has just, I feel like we started this whole season of quarantining and the pandemic and all of that with like a level of heaviness Mm. of topics that we had to begin talking with children about. And then it's just been layer upon layer upon Mm. layer. It's gone places we never would have thought. Um, so I'm just curious, what are some of the difficult conversations, Sarah, I know in your home, you have little children still in your home. Mm-hmm. Mom, obviously you don't have children in your home, but you do have mine and you've yes. had conversations with them. Yeah. What are some of the conversations that you guys have had to jump into that you just thought, really? With my, <laughs> with my little ones? Yes. Oh my goodness. You're right. I mean, everybody has had such a 
hard year and and I think our kids are just so much smarter than we think they are and my kids are eight and below but when I thought that they didn't know really about the virus I was wrong and when I thought that they didn't know anything about um, any protests or racial tension I was wrong like they pick up on so many things and um, even quiet conversations that you have that you don't think they can hear or they're (laughs) talking through it they are still hearing and um, so we have had some really intense conversations and um, and I'm so glad that we have because I mm. like we started a new thing our, our Holmstrom family question times which, um, at bedtime and so they have asked us these these really big questions and we've had some really good talks as a family and one thing that's helped me with this is recently I um, read some research that said that kids don't typically share things that they're worried about, afraid of, or sad about Mm. with adults unless asked. And so, Mm. and that makes sense. I remember that as a little girl too. And as they get older, they're processing it in their heads and then they start sharing it with their friends. But it's more rare for them to share it with adults unless they're asked and unless they're prompted. Well, and I think too, by you starting this foundation early Mm. with them. Yes. Because I know that's how it was in our home. That foundation was from such an early age that when I was a teenager and a young adult, mm. I did. You guys were, I didn't go to my friends. Right. I went to my you knew mom that you could. late at night when everyone else was asleep and she'd come to tell me goodnight. Then I'd have all the feelings <laughs> and all the thoughts. And I know that you'd probably be like, I'm so tired. <laughs> yes. But she stayed awake and had yes. the conversations because we started young. Oh, I love, yeah. well, that reminds me, my mother-in-law gave me the best advice when I first became a mom and it's now hitting me even more. But she said when her kids were little, um, you know, oftentimes when kids are little and they want to tell you something, it's sort of seemingly unimportant, the thing they want to tell you. And it's really easy to say, okay, hang on, or, hold, or I'm doing this. But she said she would always stop and look in their eyes and listen to what they had to say so that as they got older, they would still know that they could come to her with their mm-hmm. problems and with anything that they were yeah. feeling. And so that is, that's hard for me because it's my tendency to do all the things for them. And so that's something I've been trying to do in this season too, just stop and really listen and really ask them, is there anything that you've been thinking about that you haven't shared with me? Or is there anything you're worried about or any questions that you have about anything? And sometimes they're so silly, but sometimes they <laughs> like really catch me off guard and they're these big weights that they had been mm-hmm. carrying um, you know, that they maybe weren't going to share because they didn't really know how to, or they hadn't really processed that they should share it until I asked them the question. So I think it's so important to carve out those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think you have said so many times mm-hmm. you have to pay your dues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like you're paying into their account Oh, that, like that. that, uh, that when you're willing to listen to a long conversation about a video game mm. that you don't care anything in the world about. <laughs> and it's so hard to not just say, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, but you're intentionally <laughs> listening to this long story that you don't care anything about. Yes. But you're paying into this account that later you'll be able to withdraw from. Oh, I love so that. So that when they're, then when they're teenagers and they actually have something important or young adults or even older adults, mm. They know, well, if my You don't mom, have any old adults. Yeah. You have all young adults. <laughs> if my mom was willing to listen to me tell about this, then she's also going to be willing to listen to me tell about this important yes. thing. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you and you went through with all of us, because I'm the oldest of four, that I do feel like it's interesting that there's different conversations that need to be whole family conversations hmm. that I need to have with everyone about 
okay, so there's this strange thing where we're all going to be at home now for a little while. <laughs> and we are just going to enjoy this time together. And we're really not sure how long it's going to be. And you kind of have it, you know, with everyone at as vague of a level as it can be, depending on the ages and stuff. But that sometimes I think there has to be a discernment of knowing where there needs to be individual conversations mm-hmm. versus group conversations. Mm-hmm. And so what, how would you speak into that, Mom? Yes. <laughs> yes, you're you're exactly right. And um, I'm not sure if, you know, if you want to go here or not. But for me, when you guys were little, there were, um, in 1999 was the first school shooting of Columbine. Mm. And I remember very vividly um, telling, telling you guys just a little bit about it. You know, mm. this really sad thing has happened. And somebody must have been, you know, very hurt to have done something like this. And it was just kind of an overview. But then the next morning, that was back when we still got newspapers delivered to our house every Mm -hmm. day. And that was kind of my routine is I would walk outside and I would take the rubber band off and slip it on my hand. And I would Mm -hmm. open it up and just read the front page while I was walking back in the house with it every day. And in this case, when I opened the newspaper there were the faces of each of the students that had been killed in this school shooting. And there was no way I could just march back in the house. Mm, With a smile on your face. Yes, Mm -hmm. and pretend like everything was peachy. So instead, I sat on my front porch and cried. Mm. And um, one by one, you guys came out, and I had to share why I was crying. Mm. And, of course, again, I didn't go into great detail of things because I knew, you know, there's only so much different ages of children Mm -hmm. can take in. And um, I remember kind of being um, accused that because I spent so much time with you guys, we were homeschooling, that my kids would never know what the real world was like. Mm. How are you preparing them for the real world? Mm. Right. Like that is a conversation people often ask. Right. And if you protect them too much. They're not going to know how to live in the real world. And I remember that day talking with each of you and hugging you and showing you the pictures of the children, the students. Mm -hmm. And I thought later that day, I thought, no, this is real life. Hearing it from me and, and sitting on that step and praying together for these families that had lost, this Mm -hmm. is real life. This is seeing, okay, so when I'm, when something really bad happens, it's okay for me to cry and grieve over it. Mm-hmm. And we should. And, and yeah, and then, then we pray about it. And it doesn't mean that our life ends. We went back in. We still had our day. We still ate our lunch. We still moved on with life. But it was important for you guys to see bad things happen in this world. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. Mm-hmm. And we can grieve over it. Yes. And then we can move forward and trust in God is at work. Mm-hmm. And so that was one stage, and Krista, you were 14 when that happened. So I had a 14, an 11, a 7-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Wow. So obviously the (laughs) 3-year-old, she probably didn't even know. She probably knew, like you said, a little bit surfacey of what was going on. The 7-year-old, maybe a little bit more. But at 11 and 14, especially 14, you were near the ages of these students Mm -hmm. that that had been killed. Mm -hmm. So we had different kinds of conversations. And then just a few years later, then 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And again, that was a morning that I remember coming upstairs because we were on the West Coast. You guys were actually all still asleep when I first saw this happening on TV. And um, so I ran upstairs and 
when, when I got myself together and I actually got you guys together and said, we need to pray. Yeah. I remember us coming down the stairs and on our way down, which is funny. I have a very like, I'm not, I don't remember a lot of things Mm -hmm. from details of things from childhood for some reason, but I remember this. I remember us walking down the stairs and you saying, this is a day you'll probably always remember. Mm -hmm. And I remember sweet Ryan, he was our youngest because I was the oldest of the four and him skipping behind us saying, but I won't. Yes. (laughs) And he, he was five. He was you know, aware enough to know, okay, this is a sad thing and everything, but we're up and we're moving Mm -hmm. and I probably won't even remember this. And he probably doesn't. I mean, (laughs) he's read about it now. Now he knows. But, but, uh, but different levels of information for Mm -hmm. different children, um, Mm -hmm. as to how much they can take in. And for us, it was a really big deal to not have the news on in our house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I watched the news before I had children and then I stopped that Mm -hmm. and just started reading things or after you guys went to bed. Well, I do think it's really important that we protect their hearts from Mm -hmm. things that's not more than they need to carry, Mm -hmm. that children don't need to carry the weight that adults do. Mm -hmm. And we have the opportunity to say, this is the, this is, these are the outlets that we're going to allow to speak into them. And that's enough and no more. Mm -hmm. And there was, I was even surprised during all of the uh, protests and all of that that was going on how many parents I saw were so excited about a resource that was being put out by a, like a broadcasting network for children about these topics. And I, my first thought was that might be really great. I should watch and see if that would be a good resource for us to use. But then my next thought was it may not be. Mm-hmm. And I get to be the gatekeeper mm-hmm. of what load they carry. Mm-hmm. And there was this quote by Corey Tenboom where she talks about that her father, when she wanted information about something, that he explained to her that some loads are too heavy for you to carry. I would never give you mm-hmm. my big heavy bag to carry. I would give you your bag to carry. Mm-hmm. And I, that's really stuck with me that some loads kids don't need to carry. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I ended up watching a little bit of the thing by myself and I thought, nope, this is too much of a load for them. Mm -hmm. I can protect them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't all bad, but I just thought I can protect them from this weight. Mm -hmm. They don't need to carry this burden. Mm -hmm. But with that said, it did surprise me that one of my, one of my children, um, my, you know, my husband's in law enforcement. And so we were like in the thick Mm -hmm. of all of all of that stuff going on with the riots and everything. And and it led to some really deep mm. conversations. And they happen late at night. I feel like that's when hearts, I don't know what it is. You're so tired. Mm-hmm. And that's when hearts are open. <laughs> that's so true. And, um, and I was glad I asked. Like you said, if you mm. didn't ask, that they might not have said. But I asked, are you doing all right? And, um, and then the conversation led to a place of, what if something happens? Mm. You know, what if dad dies? Mm. And so we had to go to a place. What if dad does die? Mm-hmm. Then what? What do we know is still good? And what mm-hmm. do we know is still true? Mm. But it, it took going to all of these places of conversation and being open for it to even be willing to have that. And I was so proud that we were able to have those conversations. I mean, it's sad because you don't want to have to. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but it's necessary. Yes. And we want to protect them from everything and we can't, we can protect their hearts and we can't 
sugarcoat that there's evil in the world mm-hmm. and that there's bad in the world, but we can protect, you know, how these conversations go. And another way to protect, I think, just like you said, is just being available, like being willing to have yeah. those hard conversations and ask how they're doing. I love this Rick Warren quote. I always say, God never wastes a hurt. I remember hearing him say mm. that when, in college when I was at a conference. And it's so true. And those are conversations we can have with them too, like seeing where the good is. And I know a lot of us have heard that um, Mr. Rogers quote recircling over the years where he said, always look for the helpers. There's always people helping. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good one to share with kids. And also I just, I feel like I really learned it from my mom because when I was little, my dad and sister were killed by a drunk driver. Mm. And it's so funny because it's actually today is the anniversary, 33 years ago that today that we're talking about this. But my mom, that was when she decided she was just going to be all in in her Mm. faith and she was going to choose gratitude. And she has always clung to this. Mm. I know, right? She's amazing. But she always clung to Romans eight twenty eight that says that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. So no matter how horrible the situation mm-hmm. that we have to talk about with our mm-hmm. kids, and we've all had to have harder conversations than we would like to with everything going on this past year, but we, and not to say like, oh, just look for the good, but there is always, mm-hmm. there's always the fact mm-hmm. that God is still good, that yes. you are still loved, that there are ways that we can go and be kind. And, and I think sometimes these hard conversations, you get to see a new side of your kids. Like you get to see some empathy. Mm-hmm. I, one of my kids was just so moved by people she knew that were hurting, um, different families. And she just wanted to do all kinds of things. And I think kids mm-hmm. are so, they just naturally have these big mm-hmm. hearts and they have better ideas than I do of how to love people well. And so we just kind of sat down one day, like people's hearts are breaking. What should we do? And she had ideas for the neighbors. And, um, so, I think even these tough conversations can just yield some good and yield some empathy in our kids. And sometimes we think all they're thinking about is like their next chocolate milk fix, (laughs) but they, you know, they're capable of empathy and of loving other people and of feeling um, pain that others feel. Yeah. I think also sometimes it's scary to go into difficult topics because Mm. it feels like, oh, what if this goes into a area I don't feel comfortable talking about yes right but a lot of times kids just want like an answer mm-hmm. and then that's enough for that age mm-hmm. and it doesn't end up having to be like the adult deep thickness you thought you were gonna have to of. cut into yes. and like maybe we just give like this amount first Mm-hmm. And then see if that suffices. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then we move on and let them carry that load for now. And then, you know, when they feel comfortable coming back to us, because we've listened to all the video game conversations, <laughs> then, <laughs> then when they come back to us again, then we go to the next level. Oh, and yes. then we go to the next level instead of feeling like I don't need to give them my 35-year experience on whatever the topic is. Because right. some of them are getting harder now. I mean, our mm-hmm. oldest is almost 11. Mm-hmm. And some of the conversations that he and my husband have been having about life and mm-hmm. like the reality of some of the things that get put in front of kids sometimes mm-hmm. and just things that are heavy. But he needs to be prepared for those. And mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that we have space, you know, to have those conversations. Yeah, And I think too, going back, you talked about the goodness of God. I think going back to what is the same that kids need security so badly and being able to rest in what they do know mm. that, you know what, these things are different, but let's look around our home. 
what is still the same in our home? Mm-hmm. And what is still the same in our family? And having rhythms that they know they can count on. And even if things are like rocky in a relationship, in a marriage, you know, I think that the, a mom has the ability to still show, you know, this is still stay, this part's mm-hmm. still stable. This mm-hmm. is still good. Yes. Well, and I think so much of a difficult conversations, difficult things that we're trying to explain to our children, you know, they feed off of us. Oh, We've talked about yeah. that before. Mm. So if we're living a very fearful and worried life and responding accordingly, mm. they will feel fearful mm. and worried. If we can confidently say all things work together for good, mm. then, and they can see in your life Mom believes this. Yes. Dad believes this. Then they then they adopt the, mm. those beliefs. You know, they begin to live that way too. They're not going to live a fearful and worried life. And I even ask my adult son, you know, what do you remember about nine eleven? Because he was thirteen mm. when that happened, and how we we talked about it and everything. He said, I remember you talking with us about it. And he said, but I don't remember it like changing our lives because it did happen in another part of the country. So even though I knew this is the closest to war in our country that we've been in our lifetime, he said, I don't remember like being afraid to get on an airplane. Mm. And I said, really funny you would say that because dad and I very intentionally did not cancel a trip that was the following month. Wow. We had planned a trip yeah, in October to, to Washington, D.C. Oh after this happened in September. Wow. One month later, we had a trip planned to D.C. with, with Krista and her younger brother. Wow. And, and it didn't thought, even dawn on me that that might have been a concern. <laughs> yeah. We thought about canceling it. In fact, the, air, the, the airport we were to fly into was still completely closed. Wow. Um, and we thought about canceling it, but we didn't. We decided it was important for you guys to know we're not going to live in fear. Mm-hmm. We're going to move forward mm-hmm. with this. And we did, and our trip was wonderful. Mm -hmm. A lot of things were closed, but we didn't make a big deal out of that. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, anyway, I think the way that we respond, if John and I had Mm -hmm. been fearful, I think you guys would have been more fearful. But that's hard because then you have to work on your own heart. That's Mm -hmm. right. It's a lot easier if (laughs) you're just worried about their hearts. And that's what you have to keep thinking about. What are you feeding? What's feeding your mind and your heart? Mm -hmm. And I, I think about back in those days, I was listening to... Keith Green's Hide Him in Your Heart with you guys. Oh, Seeing Bible verses. And, and the Bible verse that said, The eyes of the Lord are in every are in every place, keeping, keeping watch, watch on, on the evil and the good. <laughs> and yeah. so those were the things that were being fed yes. into my heart. So I didn't need to hurry up and figure out how to respond. I already knew the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the mm-hmm. evil and the good. Well, that's mm-hmm. funny you'd say that about music, because just this morning the kids and I were singing along um a slugs and bugs song that's god works for the good of those who love him and we talked about like that's what we did for church this morning is we sang that song together and then we talked about what it means and how god works for good in all circumstances and we can trust him but it wasn't because it was in the midst of a crisis right. it was just part of what we were talking about in life yes feeding mm-hmm. no. truth Yeah. One other thing I've thought about during all of this is we've said as parents that we're preparing our children to go into a different world than we were raised in, Mm. which is sad Mm -hmm. because I really wish I could just say, oh, it's going to be the same. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good, Mm. you know? And I do believe it can't, it will be good. There will be good Mm. things, but we've even questioned how are we preparing them best for the world they're going into. Mm. And I think that some of this last season, some of the conversations we've had, the space we've had for the conversations will be things that will shape who they become as adults. Mm. Yes. 
and prepare them in different ways. Do you see the same thing? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I think all of this is, um, I mean, it's so, not to put all the pressure on us because we have, we're not doing it alone. Um, we have each other and we have God, but they are going to look back at this time, especially our kids who are a little bit mm-hmm. older and they will, they will remember how we handled it, how afraid we were, like right. you said, what kind of fun things we brought into the home. And um, it's really going to shape them going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my hope would be that they'll grow into stronger adults mm-hmm. as a result of these things that we never would have chosen. You know, we never would. I know we all wish we could just erase every difficult conversation mm-hmm. and not need to ever have them. But I mean, my hope and prayer would be that all of those conversations would be things that will strengthen their hearts for whatever things they're going to come into contact with in their lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think they're yeah. learning that they can talk with us about anything. Absolutely. And that they can talk with God about anything. And one thing I really want to do and pray about a lot is to raise kind kids. And mm. that is a concern because there's a lot of sibling rivalry. <laughs> but I also it's a lot think, of time to practice, though. Yes. That's what we my have kids so say. Much we get to time. practice a lot with each other. <laughs> yes. Practice being kind and um, practice being <coughs> a world that's hurting and how we can respond to that and how mm-hmm. we can be loving to our neighbors. Um, I feel like all of a sudden we know all these neighbors that we didn't know yes. before. And so us getting to have those kind of conversations, I think, and hope and pray that that is shaping them for the better in spite mm-hmm. of how hard it's all been and all the loss that they've had too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will. I really mm-hmm. think it will. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on this topic. I think it's such an important conversation and I hope that moms are encouraged to slow down and maybe have some more conversations that otherwise would not have intentionally Mm -hmm. happened. So sure appreciate your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Having difficult conversations with our children can feel scary and overwhelming at times because they often take us into unknown territory. It may be a topic or issue that you've never prepared for or one that you're not ready to discuss at this point. But sweet mom, your children were given to you to be the voice to speak into their hearts and minds, and there is no one better for the job. Rarely do we schedule for the day, have a difficult conversation with my child about any given topic, and then check it off as an accomplished task. As you go about your day, choose to leave room for conversations that may be important to your child. This could mean pausing a chore or planned activity. In reality, you may not always be able to do this, but try as often as you can. Every conversation that you choose to make space for is important because it prepares your child for life and it establishes your position with them as the voice of truth and encouragement as they grow. To get ahead in this, I challenge you to intentionally open space for those difficult conversations. Be purposeful in this. Plan some one-on-one time with your child to ask them what they've been thinking and feeling. Ask them if they have any questions about something they experienced that day or just something they were thinking about. And if it doesn't go great the first time, that's okay, especially if they're older and you haven't been intentional about this before. It will probably be awkward for them and you at first, but don't let that discourage you. Maybe sugarcoat some of that discomfort with a stop at the frozen yogurt store or a coffee shop. Be persistent in asking. It will get more comfortable for both of you. As your children get older and they face tough situations, they'll know that you're their voice of wisdom, truth, and encouragement. But to speak life-giving words and answer difficult questions with right answers, 
You have to seek wisdom, truth, and encouragement for your own heart and mind. Consider who and what answers your difficult questions, and where do you go for encouragement and truth? There's a verse in the Bible that says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think that's hope for us moms. We need to have our hearts and our minds full of what's true and hopeful so that when those difficult conversations come and those late night questions pour out of our precious children, we have the right answers. Let's keep this conversation about filling ourselves with truth going. I'm writing about it this week on my blog and on social media. Be sure to share what encourages you with some of your friends. Thanks again to my mom and Sarah for our conversation today. If you would like to hear more from Sarah Holmstrom, you can find her online at RaisingPrayerfulKids.com. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at SeekHolyLiving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about hope for a healthy marriage.